Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sound of Play.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. You know it by now. And joining me, Leon, in Sound of Play 55 is Kane Rince co-founder, Tony Atkins. Hello. It's been a while. It, it feels like you and I haven't done a podcast together for a long time. Apart from Rock Band, which only was last week, but you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, think my goes. memory is is increasingly on well, the uh, my short term. The problem memory. is, as as you know, both these shows get bigger and bigger. The mm. the, the you know the, the list of songs, the list of games we've covered, the the guest appearances. It's it becomes that point where they all does start to just a little bit merge into one. And there are some shows I don't, as, as I proved recently, when, when we did Rock Band, which I now remember perfectly clearly, of course, and yes. it was a fi- I had a great time, fine show, but I, I completely forgotten that Paul uh, Shotton, who joined us on that one, had already done another podcast because I hadn't listened back to it because I didn't want the spoilers. Uh, Manhunt, um, yeah. Manhunt, and relying on, on everyone else for quality control on that one. There's been a few others like that, like I haven't listened to the our latest one, Kane and Rince podcast, if, if, listening, if you don't know about that. I was on that, that. one too. <laughs> yes, The Wolf Among Us, um, that's out now, um, that's a game that I have I got it on Games with Gold on Xbox One I think a while back but I haven't haven't played it at some point I'd like to and it's definitely a game that could be spoiled I imagine by listening to uh, the the story uh, of the podcast but um, yeah Uh, so other than me forgetting that I did a podcast with you the other day and offending you deeply it's gonna gonna mic drop and storm off (laughs) I'm I'm that much of a diva you know what we like you know what we like Uh, how have you been I'm really good. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm uh, busy at work, busy at, in life. The usual. It's, uh, you know, the, the usual thing with me. Always want to do more. Always yeah. struggle to do the most I can. And, uh, you know, as always, I, I disappear for two months off the show, come back yes. and do four recordings in a row. And Yes, it's the way. Well, we schedule it, so we've only got ourselves. Yeah, I know. That it. is down to me entirely. So, um, hey, I'm sure we, I'm sure we thought about it when we were doing it. Um, I've already been, because we, we've now got, like, I don't know how many left. 20, 15, 20, This it doesn't seem this, enough. It's this ridiculous. volume, yeah. and I've already started thinking about what games you know we might be covering yeah, I've in got the next three or four year. On my list, it's yeah. there. So we'll thrash it out in um, November, December no, time. I, I do. I never get enough on to sound to play. Um, we've got so many fine uh, contributors that that want to be a part of the show, and you know some really good team members that you know clearly probably know their music a little bit more than me so i'm always one well, to, to, to really say matter. no i know but you know it's always it's about uh, what you like i enjoy listening to it and the good yeah, thing about listening here. to it now is that i've got a whole bunch of tracks you know probably getting the region of 20 30 tracks that i've put into a nice uh, folder that whenever i'm needing right. it, i can just bump on now because i'm like that's a very good idea yeah yeah i i i, I put the call out to you this week simply because it's i think you're you know it's been one of the longest gaps between you being on and and you know compared to anyone else on the on the on the regular team we've had a lot of guests on and stuff and it's been a while so i've i've let you have five picks i know i've let you i've allowed you <laughs> to come on my show and have five songs uh which will be interspersed as usual with uh, listener requests um i i had tons of songs on when sound of play first started so i haven't had any on for a while but one day i might i might just do nine tracks of my own at some point because that's Completely self-indulgent. Completely. um, But hopefully people would enjoy it nonetheless. But um, So the first of your five picks there comes from uh, 2013 originally, the PS3 version, and uh, Beyond Two Souls, Jodie's Suite. What made you pick that lovely piece of music by Lorne Balfe? Um, That particular piece of music, uh, 
obviously we have a, a history with David Cage uh, games on the show. Um, yes, we've covered them all. We have. The Quantic Dream um, output. And I'm sure that will probably continue because they're, they're fascinating games. Um, love them or hate them, love they them hate spark them. a conversation. They, yeah. they do that. Um, yeah. uh, I, you know, I fall on the, I actually quite enjoyed Beyond Two Souls um, right. side of, of, the, of the debate, but that's neither here about the music. Now, the reason I, I like this piece is it's a real, just listening to that kind of, uh, it's like kind of <laughs> echoey voice that really gets me it's a bit like that halo kind of you know track that kind of burns through into your soul and mm. this this particular track it's kind of got that hope sadness a little bit of misery and mystery kind of all intertwined in that kind of haunting voice uh, you kind yeah. of get the violins that slowly creep in once that voice kind of settles down and becomes a bit more kind of operatic it's it's kind of stirring it's I don't know it just it doesn't hang it, it it plays with the with the emotions of the character and knowing where that piece of music sits within the game um you know Jody is by far the best thing in in that game she's the most explored character I think if there's... I assume that's the Ellen Page character yes that is right. um I haven't played it, obviously. If there's flaws in that game, of course, most of it comes from the fairly kind of languid write, uh, writing. Um, but okay. actually, her character and some of the scenes, um, both young and old, I, I really liked and I thought was explored interestingly. Interesting. Now, you know, the fact that she's slightly you know, possessed um, and has this uh, you know, companion with her. Um, I know how kind of sad and lonely she can feel, but she always has a friend next to her. Uh, and, you know, to me, the game got that across. And also this song kind of in, you know, embodies that. It's, it's kind of slightly haunting, but also slightly you know, comforting at the same time, if you know kind of where it fits in the game. But, you know, just beyond that, it's a, it's a really, really beautiful piece of music that could, could easily be listened outside of uh, not knowing the actual game itself. It's uh, it's very interesting looking back at Lorne Balfe's uh, career. Oh, God, uh, yes. A, a British composer. Uh, early on, he was working on shorts and one of his first credited gigs uh, after, uh, a, a, I think, a Shoebox Zoo. I assume that's a kid's <laughs> program. Uh, one of his early credits is the Jeremy Kyle show. Uh, I'm not sure he did the theme. He may have done some incidental music. Um, but more recently, he's gone on to do some of the Call of Duty games, Modern Warfare 2. He's done the Skylander series, which uh-huh. I know you love. Yeah. Crisis 2, um, and I mean, he also, he works closely with uh, Hans Zimmer on films uh, and other composers, so he works as part of a music department but isn't isn't always the composer. But right now he's working, uh, presumably he's pretty much done or, or almost done on the Lego Batman movie, um, so that's a, a, a change, of, change of tone again, although I, I imagine actually... Um, you know, because of the the way the humour works in, well, certainly in the Lego movie, um, there'll be some actually quite serious sounding music, albeit for uh, scenes of great comedy with uh, Batman being yeah. uh, a funny jerk. What is actually interesting is that I didn't realise this at the time, but I, I, I picked two of his tracks previously. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, both from Skylanders and from Crisis 2. Um, you know, very, you're obviously a fan without yeah, realizing. Without realizing, it. and you know, both those tracks are entirely different from this one um, presented at the start of the show. So, you know, he, he clearly has a you know a quite a deep repertoire of um, knowledge mm. of understanding of music, and yeah, it's a it's a big CV. Um, you know, which is is good. Sometimes you come across CVs and and you're trying to, you know, <laughs> hope they work more than the one game they're on. Not that that's a yeah. problem, but you know, this one he's clearly an established uh, composer in in the industry. 
Yep, Terminator Genesis last year. <laughs> well, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the the music can be good even if the film doesn't true. succeed. Yeah. Uh, and currently also working on the Churchill uh, forthcoming Churchill TV series, which I know is meant to be um, quite a big deal. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, yeah, outside of whether you like the game or not, I I do like the piece of music, and I actually I think David Cage, um, Norman Balfour has, has done other music involved with David Cage, so I, you know, I've I've never really had a problem with the soundtracks in those games, so. Um, mm. You know, it's it's one of those ones I thought, yeah, it'd be nice to get on the show, even even if it's uh, unexpected from maybe some people that are not a fan of his work. So that uh, is from Beyond Two Souls, as we say, Kane and Rince, uh, issue 216. We also have uh, covered Heavy Rain, that was issue 100, off mm-hmm. the top of my head. And also we've done Fahrenheit, or the Indigo Prophecy. Um, I don't know what issue number that is. Mist of, of Time. My head. Seek it out. Uh, that's recently been re-released on PS4 as one of those um, sort of PS2 up-res jobs um, with trophies added and stuff like that, I think. So So there's a current way of playing that, as well as the remaster on Steam. Uh, if you want to check out some of Quantic Dream's back catalogue. They also, um, on one of the download services, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Good Old Games. Uh, was, uh, when David Bowie sadly died at the start of this year, they gave away Omicron, the Nomad Soul. So, All right, um, so I have that in my back catalogue as well. Anyway, from the sublime to the ridiculous, as often <laughs> seems to happen, because uh, I feel like I use that phrase a lot on Sound of Play. Uh, but this next one is one that I absolutely love uh, from uh, Rayman Legends, requested by Maxstat on the forum. Uh, Maxstat says, a game that was already featured in Sound of Play 9, but I feel it needs to be reminded every now and again just how amazing the music is especially since it's not just a music but part of gameplay. My pick is one of the musical levels, Mariachi Madness. So that is called Mariachi Madness by uh, Christoph Eral, a Billy Martin, um, as was also the Rayman Origins soundtrack. Uh, but of course, you'll recognise there Survivor's Eye of the Tiger being the uh, the <laughs> absolute. Uh, that is basically it's a it's a it's it a is. Mariachi and Kazoo cover version, uh, and that was by Frankie Sullivan and uh, Jim Petrick way back in 1982. Um, I love those musical levels in Rayman Legends, uh, and yeah, I just I just really like those Rayman games. I, I, I was uh, lucky enough to get a review copy of Rayman Legends on 360. 
360 back in 2013, but then they gave the Xbox One version away on Games with Gold a while back. So that's a fantastic uh, freebie, I have to say. Um, also worth saying, uh, we covered Rayman Origins way back in issue yeah. 20 of the Kane and Rince podcast. Um, and that's about to be at the time of recording. Um, and in fact, by the time you uh, listen to this, if you listen to it on the day it comes out, uh, Rayman Origins is going to be being uh, given away for free on PC uh, on the uh, Ubisoft client Uplay. So uh, all you need to do is download that client. You may have some games in uh, on it already if you've ever bought Far Cry or anything like that online, Assassin's Creed. Um, so they're currently doing a promotion where every month... Uh, or every couple of months, I think it is, to celebrate their anniversary. They're giving away free games. So, so far we've had Prince of Persia, Sands of Time and the original Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. And now it's Rayman Origins. So can't sniff at that, really. Free games forever. No, such a such a colourful track, though, you know, along with the game. Um, you know, so joyful, you know, I don't know, just so much fun. Each one of those, those levels are, are so much fun and the, the music is just perfect. I love the cover version and stuff. The bit where the kazoo comes in makes me laugh every time. And <laughs> it's uh, like goes down sliding down. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, the black Betty is black Betty in there as well, which is fantastic. And uh, yeah, uh, did, I know you um, pretty much did everything in Origins or Oranges, as we like to call it. Did you do everything in Lemons? I and didn't. Um, I'm not sure why. Because it's I, a huge game. It is a huge game. I, I think, as in, in fact, I was probably slightly intimidated by how much it is because it's not just. Um, uh, legends it's kind of origins also mixed in with legends yeah and, origins levels yeah um yeah it's it's a it's a mammoth project uh but yeah brilliant i'm surprised we've not seen another one really um yeah but uh you know that's that's maybe asking too much not that old but uh no love love those levels love the first one i could listen to that kind of music non-stop and it's yeah just brings a mm -hmm. smile to your face now uh back in time further to uh, a game that I, of course, adored and loved, um, particularly its follow-up. But this is from the first game on the N64 in this series, mm. um, following the uh, Super Nintendo games, ISS and ISS Deluxe. This was International Superstar Soccer 64, uh, which in Japan was called something like, I haven't noted it down, It was it's a conversion of J-League Perfect 11 yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like J-League, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, before they before the studio became known as Major A uh, for the sequel. This was Konami Con Computer Entertainment Osaka. And you've picked the menu music of ISS 64. <laughs> uh, so this is a jolly samba piece with uh, what sounds like barking dogs and uh, and tinny trumpets. What's it what's it about this that uh, makes you want to share it with us? It's ridiculousness. That's yes. a word. I think uh, well, you've added an extra nest like yes. uh, like well, Han Solo did, and I think it probably so. deserves it because yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, if you if you listen to this piece of music, you I, I mean, I, okay, you know, we're a, a lot of us grew up on this game. Um, me being one of them, I I adored this game. I played this game nonstop against my brothers. I was in a, that situation where the N64 was the multiplayer machine in my house, and um, S64 was just that game that we played every day, um, every night, got told by our parents to get off it, um, adored it. Um, and I was really good at it, which really helped because I could always beat my brothers um, until the point where they wouldn't let me play with them at some point. Uh, and as, a, as the youngest brother, that gave me some kind of power I never thought I had before. So <laughs> beyond my wonderful story, um, it's such a poppy track. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it doesn't fit a, a a football, I'm going to call it a soccer game, a football game. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. 
it, I mean, obviously it's a Konami, but the, the composer, if I, am I right, he, he was um, the, the the musician behind Guitar Freaks mostly and Dance Dance uh, yes. Revolution. Absolutely, yeah. Like primarily those two games, um, for some reason drafted on to a football game uh, or a soccer yeah. game there. And it's just this really poppy, upbeat track that actually runs, feels like it's running at like 1.5 speed. Um, mm. It's so fast. Uh, and it feels like it, it should belong in a different genre, it, you know, a, a platformer or, I don't know, a racer or something like that, just just not in an opening music of a football game. It's We're so used to this now. And in fact, this sent me down, a, you know, a, a, a YouTube deep search of looking at old football games for about two hours of, you know, Adidas Power Soccer and et cetera mm-hmm. um, over the years. And just, and just remember the, the joy and fun that people had with their experimental football games. Um, where you could you know kick a ball and it would you know do a ridiculous curve shot in the in the case of Adidas Power Shot Soccer, yeah, um, you know even the one that would blast the goalkeeper. Yeah, into well the, back the goalkeeper of the would catch it, into but there would be so neck. much momentum that you would kind of do that weird wobble right. and fall into the net. Yeah, they got that idea of super sidekicks, the uh, the SN, Japanese SNK game. But, um, uh, and we've talked about this on the show before that you know it, it feels very much like those you know those kind of football games have, have kind of dwindled to the side. Not even uh, Nintendo are making. Superstar soccer anymore, are they really? But um, yeah. So I don't know. That just that track. It's it's one that every it's on my playlist, and I and I hear it, and it brings back those memories. And I'm I'm sure there will be enough people that listen to the sounds play that are around our age that um it will do the, the exact same two thing too as well. But it, if I, I challenge you to believe that this is from the menu music of a football game because. <laughs> Uh, I don't think uh, it really... It's like a... It works for... It's like a, it's like a samba carnival of soccer. Yeah. It's got that sort of South American uh, thing going on. So I think there's a sort of... There's a bit of uh, uh, synergy there. <laughs> hmm. uh, okay. So, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Harami Ueko, sometimes known uh, on Guitar Freaks as Jimmy Reckle. Uh, and this is the menu music from ISS 64 from 1997 or 8.
jolly. Uh, I believe you and I had a game of ISS 98 about yeah. five years ago now. And you beat mm. me. I did, didn't I? You yeah. did, yes. See, this, these, these small things that people don't forget. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I played it. Obviously, for for many yeah, years, probably here. you as well. Yeah. But um, it was uh, it 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 felt much the same. It felt weird after uh, you know a decade, more than a decade of um, of you know FIFA and Pez. And, and the and the, like the camera's too tight. Um, it's got really, it's very tight. It's got yeah. really big characters. The ball very fuzzy. <laughs> very fuzzy. The ball it runs at you know not even thirty frames per second. It's you know, it's like fifteen yeah. twenty frames, and the commentary is so overall it's hilarious but you know that's that's what the time was that plenty of football games around that time weren't as good looking didn't run as smooth but absolutely you know pez and fifa you know took it in a completely different direction and yeah one i'm glad for i'm I'm sure in the end um but yeah i don't know sometimes you can't go back but it's still fun there were plenty of elements of those although they carried on uh simultaneously for a while the winning 11 games which were the became iss pro and then became pro evo and yeah. the iss games they they carried on for a while um releasing sort of simultaneously or not simultaneously but alternately so there was like a pss a ps2 version of iss and stuff like that but um uh, eventually they they focused on on pro evo which uh, but that did mean that they folded in some of the concepts that had been that had uh, come to fruition in originally in ISS on the on the SNES and then taken into ISS sixty four. So the, it was definitely influential in the development of Pe- of Pez and winning eleven. So uh, I think we've yeah modern football gamers have got a lot to thank for. I'm I'm currently uh, in between seasons of football games. So uh, having enjoyed both FIFA last year's FIFA and last year's Pez a lot in their own different ways. I don't think there was a huge gap in quality between them they were they were both just offered ever so slightly different experiences um but this year is going to be interesting because we've got new engines we've got what looks like another greatly improved version of pez on the way and and um yeah who knows so i think it's, it's frostbite engine isn't it this year for... and for, yeah frostbite for fifa um and is pez coming off of fox onto something yeah, else? yeah, I yeah. Believe so, so yeah. um yeah it's, it's interesting times it could be it could be a challenge for both development teams it could be a bit of a uh, a bit of a car crash at first it might be a lot of patches we'll see but um i'm always it I, wouldn't always... be a football release if it wasn't exactly i always can't wait to try out the new seasons games um yeah if only Brighton have made it into the Premier League, then we'd have, have, stadium. We'd have Amex in FIFA. So that's what it's <laughs> all about. Year. Next year. Next, maybe next year. Next up, we have uh, Kane and Rint's beloved favourite, the oft-mentioned Super Meat Boy. And this is from the soundtrack of the original version, uh, not the, the more recent PlayStation versions, which has a different soundtrack, because apparently, so the story goes, Danny Baranowski, Baranowski uh, fell out with uh, Team Meat. And uh, so his music is no longer to be found on those games, which uh, upsets greatly those who loved the original soundtrack. Um, although I think it's one of those where if you come to it now and you never heard the original soundtrack, <laughs> I think some of the music yeah. they put in is is pretty is pretty fitting. Um, but yeah, if you've ever played it with this soundtrack, then it's it's jarring. Uh, and Chortles, our correspondent, remembers this well. Uh, I don't consider myself an incredibly skilled gamer. I usually play games on easy or normal without feeling the need to bump it up. And I'm just fine with that. Good thing too, Chortles. That said, mastering the at times controller snappingly difficult Super Meat Boy is what I feel is perhaps my crowning achievement as a gamer. Something that's kept me sane or perhaps fueled my insanity while playing through some of the game's ridiculous levels was that glorious soundtrack. One that, to my surprise, has yet to be featured here. 
The way all the tracks play continuously on loop, one death after another, has engraved these wonderful tunes in my head more than perhaps any other game has. The constant energy and surprising mystique some of the tracks have is incredible, considering you can reduce this game down to the basic premise of the player controlling a wad of meat running around to s trying to save his girlfriend. I had a hard time selecting one track of all the amazing stuff, but I settled on Beatus Blues, one that is forever ingrained in my mind and haunts my post-traumatic stress disorder-induced meat-filled nightmares. <laughs> Baronowski and Super Meat Boy 2010 and that's from the version that was uh, to be found on Xbox 360 PC and Mac and uh, and not the Wii as it was originally planned for 
Uh, I think the original Meat Boy was a news Newsgrounds Flash game, wasn't it? And um, Super Meat Boy was the console version. Um, if memory serves, they were. It was fully planned on being a WiiWare game, but then WiiWare started to uh, fade quite badly, and Xbox Live Arcade was in its pomp, so it made obvious sense for them to go down that route. Uh, indie game, the movie is your friend if you want to see the the story of that uh, unfolding, the development, and uh, if you want to hear what. Uh, some of the Kane and Rince panel thinks about Super Meat Boy as a video game. Uh, you need to find issue 97 from the back catalogue. Uh, hint, we like it quite a lot. Mm. And it's you, very hard. If you want to hear references to Super Meat Boy, probably check out at least <laughs> two thirds of the catalogue. Yeah, any, it's amazing. Yeah, any platform. How often it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, we, we hold the controls and the feel and the mechanics of Super Meat Boy in such high regard that it probably gets mentioned even more than Mario, which is uh, which is quite something. Now, something much more recent uh, from a game that was released earlier this year at the time of recording, 2016. Um, I wasn't really aware that you'd played much of this. Have you, Tony? Tom Clancy's The Division. Too much. Uh, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have this thing where, you know, I keep saying I don't have the time to play games so much now. And, you know, that's, to, to agree, is is true. But actually, mm. yeah, when I get involved in the game, I, I tend to suddenly just disappear in it for for a few months and, and come back out the other side for, for breath. And in the case of the division, that was one of them. Um, you know, probably, I don't know, hundred plus hours, maybe around that. Um, okay. You know, when limited gaming time, <laughs> that's quite yeah. a, that becomes quite a lot in a session. Now I, 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 yeah, it's, this is not a review of the division. The division is, is somewhat of a, a bumpy, um, entrance right. into the genre for sure. Okay, yeah, I am interested because it was a game that um, people dived into when mm -hmm. it came out, as they do, and I was, you know, curious. I, I do like uh, online co-op-y, shooty stuff, but I can only ever dabble because of time constraints in the Kane and Rinch schedule. Mm -hmm. I'm still dabbling with games that came out years ago, you know, uh, online, and the ones that um, the ones that keep a community like Battlefield and Destiny, I can still drop into and have some online play whenever I fancy it, even though I'll be, you know, massively under-equipped and under-leveled compared to everyone else. I can still have a good time. So when this came out, I was curious. Um, I, I, never, I don't tend to get into the Tom Clancy stuff because I find it a bit dry and militaristic but this looks like because this is um sort of a bit more sci-fi isn't it it's a bit more post-apocalyptic um, yeah it, it it does fall into the same old traits just about yeah that you'd though. imagine yeah. but um so so but it, it my point is it uh, i know there were some you know performance issues and, and okay, well, bug issues but but it seemed to fade away so what was your what was well, your it's experience a, it's a game of two halves so you've got okay. the you know in princes the single player story which if you play for on your own, isn't particularly that interesting. But as a, as a group, if you play with four people and and put the difficulty up, it's it's about wading through you know many people and and get to the boss. But you you have um, different abilities as each character you know based upon your kind of weapon or loadout set. And mm. if you play on the harder difficulties, um, you really have to utilize each other's abilities to to take down the bosses. Um, that sounds like um, you're describing EA's Syndicate from that it's we covered not, a while back. Yeah, it's not dissimilar. In, in fact, um, right, it's okay. pretty close. Um, in fact, you know, the, the track I'm going to pick is is you, you could quite easily say this track has been taken from Syndicate. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hear that. Um, but because it's a game of two halves, and, and there's a good you know 50 hours of content in in that half, but the, the second half was the dark zone. 
um, the dark zone being the place that you could go with and essentially have a PvP experience. Okay. Um, as well as having a PvE, and it meant that people could Natch. shoot at you and take your gear if you don't get it out of the, the dark zone, which is by you know, helicopter extraction point. It's been it's a, it was a fine idea, but unfortunately, through a number of kind of hacks or whatever has been. Um, or even some glitches where, you know, for for example, they uh, they released a, a piece of new content that allowed people to access the end game chest via just a wall, um, like a little tear in the wall, so they could kind of work out where yes. it was, um, and essentially loot the chest over and over and over and over again and get all the best gear. Which means that anybody else that didn't do that, myself included, um, go into the the dark zone now and get you know completely destroyed yeah. um okay. and they're, they're constantly bugged but i mean there's been a ton of new updates and etc um yeah. but i like it I, I i mean it's new york it's oh manhattan it's um mm. it's you know there you know there's been a, a virus that's taken people down and you know the people some people are trying to you know do good and solve it some people are trying to you know take over the city for their own rights yeah. it's you know it's it's a cliche story for sure but visually it's it's interesting um and it's got some neat ideas i just you know it wasn't quite as well executed as it needed to be, um, but it was hugely popular at the time. Um, but the, the track I'm going to pick from this, um, it's, what's it called? It's called uh, Precinct Siege. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a number, there's probably about six or seven tracks that I kind of sifted backwards and forwards and, uh, and decided to settle on this one because it's, it's, it's kind of sl- starts slow, it picks up, but it's, when you listen to it, you could pick this from a number of games, and I, and I don't mean that in a kind of a bad way. I kind of mean that in a good way because the games I will refer to are very good games. So it's got a, a real sense of Mass Effect to it. Um, it's got this kind of like spaciness in in kind of the the opening scenes, and it's got a, a case of kind of di- a Deus Ex Human Revolution in it. It's kind of those kind of yeah slightly sci-fi-y, um, but you know still based mm. in a, 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 you know, a tad reality to it, and um, yeah, it's, it's once again another kind of haunting, uplifting, yet rather scary and repressive track. So I, I don't know what it is about those tracks, but they, they kind of get under my skin and it's got a, a really kind of catchy kind of, um, I say kind of sci-fi sound at the start. And then it, that's not enough. It's kind of got a little bit of kind of Mad Max, you know, um, modern Mad mm. Max with the, the kind of bar, the drum beat. The, the kind of, a bit of Terminator as yeah, well. A bit of, yeah, that yeah. sits behind it. So it, it does feel quite like an amalgamation of stuff you've heard before, but into then its own unique piece. And uh, I know when it plays, you know, in the game and you're walking around a, you know, a, a snow blizzard Manhattan, it's 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 quite effective. And yeah, I, I remember picking that out and going, wow, that could be from many things, but it really suits this this situation. So um, yeah, one of my one of my favourite tracks from from a, a more recent game. Okay, so Ola Strand, uh, this is Ola's fourth video game credit over the space of 16 years and probably his highest profile one yet uh, having worked on ground control ground control 2 and world in conflict back in the 2000s then a big old gap um apart from one what i think is a, a finnish project and then turns up at presumably he's you know joined or been contracted by the by the ubisoft massive mm. this team that's making uh, uh the division and um composed this maybe he's just been sitting there playing mass effect playing uh, deus ex and whilst watching mad max I, I don't yeah
Right, next up, again, a crashing juxtaposition. Of course. And, uh, absolutely. And I absolutely love this track. I wasn't familiar with it until I was putting this show together, having, uh, although I own Earthbound and I've played it on emulation before, a little bit. Um, I may have heard this track at some point in the dim and distant past, but, I, but I'm certainly not familiar with it. And uh, Earthbound is a game or series that we may cover someday for Cane and Rinse. Um, we can now start with Earthbound Beginnings because they released that on uh, on Virtual Console, which is the, the, the Japanese it was the Japanese version of Mother, but they used a fan translation effectively because it had never been officially um, put into the English language. So they've they've made a an English language version using um, sort of community support in a way uh, to a point, which which is great. Uh, but yes, the uh, the US version of Earthbound obviously came out in um, in the mid nineties. And Follow My Ruin has requested uh, this track. He says, I've been playing through Earthbound on the 3DS Virtual Console, having emulated it around 15 or so years ago. This game is an absolutely fascinating curio. Something isn't quite right. It feels very much like a Japanese interpretation of an American place then viewed by a British person 22 years later. The sense of that sense of oddness permeates into the mechanics, artwork, and music alike. Some of which takes, takes clear inspiration from artists such as the Who or the Beatles, as is well documented across the internet. There are several battle themes which play throughout the game, depending on the type of opponent you're facing. However, the one which stands out to me is the "Battle Against a Weird Opponent" music. It's a bizarre, discordant jazz number that instantly transports me back to 1994 reminding me of nonsensical early 90s cartoons such as Rocco's Modern Life. It's great. It puts me just out of my comfort zone. the game that's how much i like that uh yeah earthbound or mother 2 uh, by ape and hal labs uh yes you can play that on uh, wii u or 3ds now yes thanks to the uh sorry new 3ds only <laughs> sorry 3ds people mm. um there are reasons for this that i've looked into to do with the quality of nintendo's emulation they will not allow uh, subpar emulation and uh, they, they weren't satisfied with the emulation they could get of the SNES on the standard 3DS so that is why they, they felt they needed the extra processor power for for SNES Virtual Console releases on the handheld, there it is uh, there was also a GBA version back in the day as I understand it anyway, fascinating game, fascinating series with some huge fans but I don't know much more about Earthbound than that so 
uh, I won't try to sound smart about it. No, I I, I brought the uh, the original version uh, just purely. I felt like out of out of need, as it has never been available anywhere else before. So, mm. but I have not got. Well, you know, I paid twenty minutes. That's that's not a review of that game. No, it's, one day, yeah, one, one day, day we'll cover it. Hey, eh? hey, eh? yeah. Once again, something very different. Uh, so, R.I.P. Disney Infinity, twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. Yeah, so uh, that, this is what I'm curious about. We're going to hear a track from, uh, well, it's the main the main theme, really, from the first the first release of the game. I don't, did it stay in subsequent releases of uh, no, 2.0? They, because, they changed. yeah, they, they moved from, you know, Disney Infinity originally was obviously you know, Disney characters, moved on to Marvel characters, so had a much more superhero theme, then moved on to Star Wars, had Star a much Wars, more yeah. Yeah, Star Wars-y theme. So, yeah. Okay, so, right. Yeah. So this is the original uh, Road to Infinity by We Think... Uh, a guy called Chuck E. Myers, although it's uh, it's hard it's hard to say for sure. He's, he's had you know his hands in lots of other Infinity stuff, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, yes. He, if you trace his his uh, career back, he worked on some um, stuff for the PlayStation One for Sony, such as uh, Twisted Metal and Jet Moto. Yeah, um, yeah. Metal um, Madness some... Three as well, which is a game I'd, I'd loved oh, yeah. at the time and. Um... We talked about that recently on the Crazy Taxi podcast. Yeah, you did. I oh, bring back some memories, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. Also, apparently, did some stuff with Dance Dance Revolution, which is you know yep. things you know, we talked about earlier in the show. So. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your Disney Infinity experience? You bought into it in quite a big way. I did. I I'm a Disney Infinity fan. I'm I'm happy enough to say that. People who know me know that I'm a massive Skylanders fan as well. Um, it is the big kid in me that didn't quite ever get out. I, I assume, but you know, I I do like the toys, the life the life stuff. Um. And yeah, I, I'm really sad with, with the the death of Disney Infinity. I mm. I didn't see the need for it. Um, I think there's been some, you know, Disney making too many figures, you know, stock too much stock, you know, not saturation, sold for saturation, like all that stuff. And the market got smaller the mo the moment that um, Lego Dimensions came into yeah. into the fray. And it's not that they they lost any market, but they were never going to gain anymore. So it just seemed like the market split into you know a third each. Um, and you know Disney don't do things by half, I guess. And well, and Amiibo as well. So in 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 your normal video game, not that there are many video game shops yeah. left now, but in the one game store in Brighton, that's Game Capital but Game. People... Um, you've got a, a one aisle which is uh, Disney Infinity on the left, Skylanders on the right, Amiibo on the left, and what else is there? Lego Dimensions. <laughs> Lego Dimensions on yeah. the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, there's. But I mean. Um... Amiibos are a, a force of their own. I I don't really know what they do, and they look great on your mantelpiece, but you know. <laughs> well, they're just memory cards. I know, and sort yeah, of so, thing, aren't they? Which, I, uh, yeah, glorified memory I could turn cards, this which is fine. To a four-hour show about you know the the, ben the reason I like these games, but I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is that you know Disney Infinity was a really good series, had some really great ideas, and um, I think they were just they weren't sure what they were chasing. Um, it wasn't as polished as Skylanders. Mm. Um, and they kept focusing on what they would refer to this toy box mode, which is, you know, their Minecraft mode. You could build stuff, set kind of algorithms and stuff and open doors and whatnot. Some really clever stuff and presented in a fashion that kids could hopefully kind of learn it and take it on to, and get you know impassioned about the industry that we all care and love about. I, I really do believe it was a, a good first step, but, you know, it wasn't to be um, sad because, you know, the, the, the first one, it's strangely kind of probably my favourite of the three, even though it's mm. it's the most it's not the most refined. It's um I think it's probably the most magical. It, it was kind of had its it wasn't chasing money at this point. It was kind of just trying to find its feet. 
Um, what I would have really liked to have picked is there's an opening track before this that when you load up Disney Infinity, um, you're kind of presented with this kind of star and this star kind of guides you through the environment in the environments you're going to be playing and you meet all the different Disney characters and it starts playing each one of those introduction kind of songs that kind of blend into each each other so you've got a bit of um monsters inc that blends into uh you know fantasy etc and it's a yeah. really good track but it there's no instrumental version and it's laced over with lots of character and animation noises and stuff and just doesn't quite work but it is one of my favorite openings of any, any game because it's really magical but it just wouldn't work on the show so i've had to pick the second best what i class as the disney infinity um track and this one it's just a i know it's a real kind of for somebody that likes these games it's a great opening um title screen it kind of presents that kind of wonder of what what's going to happen when you put a character on the portal or or go into mm. its toy box world it's full of kind of joy and you know mystery it's just like yay happiness come into our world there's fun to be had and um yeah it just brings a smile to my face not not much more than that i just it's a it's a sad to see uh the series go maybe we might have to do a show on it because I think there's there's lots to be said, and now that it's it's been put to one side, it, you know, there's a bookend to it, unlike Skylanders and all the If others. you can get a panel together of Disney Infinity experts, well, then... Well, if, uh... if you can do a, a uh, sound play on your own, maybe I'll just do a, Sky, uh, a Disney <laughs> Infinity Canerance. All right. I'm not sure that's the way it works, but um, you, know, you never know. <laughs>
So Tony, uh, you bought how many how many Disney Infinity figures have you got? Do you know uh, off the top of your head? Seventy five, eighty, something like that. Right, and invested. <laughs> yeah, and uh, are your children now of an age where they can appreciate the magic of the Toys to Life, or do they still just jam them in their faces when they? Jamming <laughs> jamming in each other's faces now. Though. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's really weird because you you get into that stage where it's quite like these are daddy's toys. And it's it's like <laughs> welcome to the modern world. Yeah, mm. I know. And I, you know, my parents, I'm not sure would have had the same thing. But um, you know, these are daddy's well, things. And train sets, I remember being the thing when we were kids. Yeah. It would be uh, like dad might. My dad didn't, but some dads had a special room, a playroom with a train set in. So I guess that's the equivalent. Yeah, or, so, or even even a scale electric that was so fancy that you weren't allowed to play with it. So, so, so I got only you know a couple of nice kind of display cabinets where I keep a lot of this stuff in. And um, <laughs> don't touch. Children don't yeah, touch. and you know what? It got to the point where I just let them play over me. It, it was like, what am I doing? You know, who who am I protecting here? Am I protecting these little plastic things? Just so now they actually play over them. They make great stories, and Aww. that was always one of my things. Which you know, Disney Infinity came out just after I had kids, and I kind of always thought, well, you know, the worst case scenario, these are investments of as Disney characters, which I'm sure my kids will grow up to like. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm I'm not as precious about it as maybe I should be. But to be fair, they haven't broken. So no. No, and are they designed? Are they? Do they have a? You know, they they got a sort of safety age on them. Are they? Are they quite safe for 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 your little ones? Yeah, I just. I mean, if they're going to bite a head off, then that's down to the the kid and the parent, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that, they could do that with anything, yeah, couldn't they? They're, they're safe, and um, but there's my my girls are well, three and three quarters, so yeah, you know, they're which. Yeah, we're we're just getting into games. You know, we're just uh, to be fair, it's the iPhone that is is the is the you know the portal. Yeah, of course. The, yeah, absolutely. It's you know the touchscreen and moving things up and down and picking colours and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm I'd love advice of where how you break them into the the new game. You know, the new wave of games. But I think yeah. for the time being, um, my 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 seven year old niece, I've I've uh, I've dabbled at showing her various games, and she's been sort of interested temporarily in even things like rock band although she tried that before she had a before anyone realized that her vision was terrible so that must have been very difficult for her <laughs> um but I, i've played some kirby uh, or I, I gave her my old copy of kirby's epic yarn on the wii and she enjoyed that for a bit although she she gets really scared by uh by by scary bits mm-hmm. um but now her absolute obsession is this shopkins thing on ipad it's uh it's you know it's a, a very kid friendly oh, yes, um, yeah. yeah yeah um and, and you know for me i'm thinking it just you know it doesn't I, it doesn't look massively satisfying yeah. but they absolutely love it so uh, i know and i you know not turning this into parent podcast but it is interesting to talk about your kids for one second in in our show because it's you know they we have to put like time limits on on the on the iPhones and the iPads mm. etc because mm-hmm. if given the chance they will play it all day and when yeah. you take it away they're they're not happy bunnies but yeah you know, no. it's it's definitely um yeah you know, I, I will try to be a parent that has these you know the consoles come with all these different facilities now to kind of prevent them from either yeah. playing stuff they shouldn't be playing or you know setting time limits uh, yeah. I definitely think that will be uh, in our future but uh, it's good yeah to, I allow them to play with the toys why not God. We're and the old, uh, the old sort of cliche about um, children jamming pop tarts into DVD players and stuff like that. Uh, you know, as as we move away from uh, from optical media, hopefully that will be <laughs> that will be less of an issue. I don't know. Now, I mean, that stuff. I I was always 
very much on like my you know, my TV is not a, a play toy. You do not throw things at it and you do not put your hands on it. And yeah. that goes for the entertainment cabinet. Those doors are doors there for a reason. We don't go in them. And, you know, just, you know, reinforcing parenting has meant that they understand that, you know, some things are just not theirs to play with. And, yeah. you know, I've actually been very fortunate. So all my uh, electrical gadgets have, have never been put into fear of dis- no. destruction. And I, you know, I'm not a parent and there are lots of reasons why, uh, my choice, um, but uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's nah. it's like, I, I there were plenty of things that I wasn't allowed to just play with when I was a kid. You, you don't just have, you, you can't just let children do everything they want because it's not, I don't yeah, think that's a good lesson for it's, life. It's one thing saying don't touch the TV and there's another thing saying yeah. don't touch daddy's Donald Duck. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> now, that, now that came out wrong. I could have used an example, but, you know, you, you get the idea. It's, you yeah. know, it's... Uh, courses for courses don't touch danny's donald, daddy's donald, donald duck, duck if, yes. if this was the sort of podcast that took a quote from a show to name it uh, that would be the one <laughs> <laughs> also talking of amiibo and child-friendly things this next piece uh it's a rather epic piece but it's from a kirby game uh the the adorable pink uh sphere almost sphere uh of again of how laboratory uh just by pure coincidence um completely different piece to the other uh this was requested by jobo bonobo uh who says most kirby final bosses are definitely intimidating beings which look out of place in such a bright cheery game while queen sectonia might not be the scariest of Kirby villains. Her final boss theme is one of the most incredible bits of music in the Kirby series. Her battle is in three phases, with each phase having its own brilliant theme to it. But for me, it is the first one that really stands out. The first minute or so consists of this ominous organ, which lets you know in no uncertain terms that you are up against the final boss. But suddenly this electric guitar shredding kicks in and it just keeps getting more and more intense as the track goes on. The organ and electric guitar complementing each other perfectly. Like all great video game music, once it entered my head, it's stayed with me ever since. So yeah, this is from Kirby Triple Deluxe, would you believe, uh, by uh, Hirokazu Ando and uh, Jun Ishikawa. And yeah, this is Queen Sectonia Phase 1.
six minutes, 12 seconds there of, or thereabouts, depending on how we've edited it. Um, Are you sure it of, wasn't from Castlevania? Or, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, back to what I was saying about, you know, international superstar soccer music, not mm. necessarily matching with the, the title. Yeah. I, you, yeah. When I, I mean, I mean I, I've not played this game, so I haven't no. heard this track before. There are um, a lot of Kirby games to play. There is, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's unusual to come from a Kirby game. Well, yeah, um, it sort of plays into that thing that, like, Kirby games are famously uh, meant to be a, a little less challenging than, say, Mario games. Mm. They're like the, the the sort of softer, easier route into platforming to Nintendo's platformers. But having said that, uh, they do have their they do have their moments. Um, there's, uh, I've completed a a number of the Kirby series, um, chiefly via the Kirby uh, Smash Pack, uh, which was also called Kirby's Super Fun Pack in Europe, which was a Super Nintendo compilation in the style of Mario All-Stars that took some of uh, Kirby's earlier games on the the NES, Famicom and Game Boy and made them into Super Nintendo games. And that's a, that's a cartridge that you can get on a Wii U Virtual Console and play it there. Um, but it's one of those series of games where I think Kirby's really cute. Um, mm -hmm. We covered uh, Kirby's Epic, Epic Yarn, Yarn yeah. on um, which was a which was by a, a separate uh, developer, Goodfeel, uh, who obviously went on to make Yoshi's Woolly World. We covered that in in the Kane and Rince podcast. Um, we all found it absolutely adorable, um, and even playing it on Wii U uh, through the through the Wii uh, facility, it's still I think even in standard def, it's still a beautiful game. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there are so many Kirby releases. Uh, we've just recently had. Um, is it Planet Robobot, something like that it's called? Um, it seems like there's a new Kirby every six months or something on a handheld, so I, I cannot keep up with them all, even though they're, they're short and easy platformers. Um, and Triple Deluxe is one of those that I haven't got around to playing, but I, I, I understand it's one of the more highly regarded in the modern sort of Kirby uh, canon. So if you enjoy the little pink uh, dude who uh, gets his kicks by sucking everything off the stage... <laughs> Uh, that's that's uh, that's probably a good one for you. Anyway, enough innuendo. We don't normally we don't. Uh, deal in <laughs> such things. Uh, so please venture over to our forum, canarince.com slash forum, um, or follow us on Twitter, at canarince. Uh, use the hashtag, sound of play. Or you can even use the Facebook page, facebook.com slash canarince, um, and re re keep requesting your favourite songs or curios and oddities, uh, it, as you've heard over the 55 sound of plays we've done, it can be from pretty much any game or it can be a remix or it can be an orchestrated version. Um, the only thing it probably can't be usually is a straight up licensed track as played on the radio mm. in GTA or uh, or a track to play along to in Rock Band. But we have featured the odd exception licensed track where it's where it's something that's very specifically used in a, in a specific point in a game. So uh, if in doubt, just request it. And if we won't play it, we won't play it. But um, we've got we've got a fairly decent amount of requests backed up, but we're going to keep needing more because we've got no plans to ever stop doing anything. Ever. Um, ever. We can't. <laughs> we're just going to carry on uh, until we can no longer speak. Uh, both Sound of Play and Cane and Rinse. Um, please do leave us uh, an iTunes review or rating. If you listen to this podcast, 
Uh, we could definitely do with some more uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes and wherever else you get it, or just tell your friends. Uh, and if you really like what we do, both here and on Cane and Rinse, you can support us financially, uh, patreon.com slash Cane and Rinse, and uh, pledge a dollar a month or just a one-off payment, or whatever you think, um, which helps keep us going and is incredibly gratefully received, because uh, we do put an enormous amount of time and effort into both of our shows. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to plug anything, because I've just done that. Uh, but before you tell us about our final track... Uh, I'm going to thank our community contributors once again. Uh, keep them coming in. Without this uh, input, the show would just be us. It'd be terribly indulgent and also uh, <laughs> limited by uh, our own tastes. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the requests make the show uh, what it is. But those requests sometimes come from team members, including this one. And, well, here's one that uh, you thought we must have finished uh, featured before, but we hadn't. Yes, of Patapon. Yeah, Patapon. I'm. I am generally shocked that this not been on the show. And I, I'm. I'm. You know, I've listened to every show, so I'm, I should know this. But it, it just. Well, I, how do you say Patapon to anybody? Um, I put this at the end of the show. Patapon. Yeah, I put this at the end of the show purely <laughs> because it's a. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you, you may, might not like yeah, it. Yeah, you might not like it. It's an acquired <laughs> show. I show. I say. Um, you may find yourself just saying, "Well, I want you to listen to the end for sure." But it's, it's a song that is meant to be an earworm, or it's it's um it's not really a song because it's yeah. it's a foundation of the game. So, um, this was a game released on the PlayStation Vita that um PSP. I, PSP. Okay, I did get that wrong. Yeah, no, I predecessor. I did have a PSP as well, so um, yes, we're, we're before the Vita, well before the Vita, in fact. Yeah. But I remember, um, you know, 2007. So you know, rhythm games, etc. You know, it's it's not unusual, but I I remember hearing this song and seeing the gameplay and just being completely blown away. It was the the kind of the synergy of of music and the action on screen, and not just following note tracks or anything like that. It was you know moving little characters. They're like little footballs of characters mm. um all these little spears in the hands and uh, they work as a tribe and you generally got somebody banging the drums and instead of it just being banging the drums it would be pat 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 pong and each one of those would just be a button press and how well you did the button press would be how well the troops are g'd up um and through different button presses or different combinations of buttons was that you could do different actions on screen so say you wanted to throw the spears you would you know, do a slightly different uh, rhyme. I say pon pon patapon, or pat 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 pon, something like that. But if you do that and it's linked up with the music, and if you do it in time, then you defeat obviously the enemies and the boss. Yeah, sounds simple enough. Mm. Incredibly difficult to play. I found right. anyway. I I was never a master at this game. And did it, you just play the first one? Because I think it might be one of those where they got maybe the, the second one is kind of like the super version of the first <laughs> one. So so that it includes everything that had the first one had a bit like um, Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise. So it's kind of like yeah, building yeah. on the first game. And I think maybe they made it a little bit more accessible. I did only play the first game. So yeah, um, yeah. you know the first first glance was was enough for me. But it, it's a it's a it's a song that is well a song. It's a a sequence of, of tunes that have um, always stuck in my head. It's one of those first, you know, those first things you hear and just think that is so unique. I've never heard anything like it, and I probably never will. Um, you'll have to help me with the names on this one, Leon, because 
I think uh, with the composers on the game are Kemei Adachi and Daisuke Miyake, uh, and I don't. It's the usual thing where I don't know who wrote which yeah, song, it's... whether they whether they work collaboratively. But they, they, um, they've been involved in stuff like Loka Roka, and if you know that, yes. that's that's just as bizarre. <laughs> we featured a few, uh, at least one or two tracks. Yes, from Loka and, and Roka that's before. incredibly. Bizarre. And it seems like Gran Turismo Five, etc. So, so I don't know. Um, but this song is is a real earworm. Um, once you hear it, you can't stop. You know, I, I, I rediscovered this one again for the show and it's been stuck in my playlist and I keep yeah. hearing it and I've been annoying everybody around me with it because they were like, oh God, of course, yeah, Patapon. Just Pataponing. Um, yeah. This track in particular, I think it's like a, a mix of two or three different parts of the games. I couldn't really, it's, it's the one that most you know, said to me what this franchise is about. I think it is a combination of tracks from, from maybe one, two and three. But um, even so, it, it gets the point across of what Patapon's charm was. And if, if you can hear this track, imagine doing the actions um, on, the, on the PSP um, and seeing the screen. It had a really brilliant colour palette, you know, really kind of oranges and blacks. You know, the silhouettes of the blacks really stood out. Um, fascinating game. Maybe one day we'll do it for the show and I, I can go back and master it. Do the trilogy, it. yeah. Quite possibly. And um, yeah, just just really, really interesting. So hopefully this gets stuck in your head as much as it's been in mine. If yep. not, then you have the option to bail before the end. But it's four minutes and 39 uh, seconds of pure craziness. Enjoy. Yes. Stick with it. Uh, listen to it at your peril. But I recommend sticking with it. All right. Thanks, Tony. No worries. Bye. Bye. 